from a bunker in beautiful Parkchester, the Bronx, it's electoral dysfunction. Now, here's your host, Tom Brennan. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Electoral Dysfunction, the show where comedians and experts debate the news of the week from the safety of their quarantine. I'm your host, Tom Brennan. Thank you for being with us for another week. And uh, <laughs> what a week, huh? The President of the United States, who, as of this recording, is no longer Donald John Trump, uh, took the oath of office uh, and became president. That's right. Joseph R. Biden Jr. is now our president. Congratulations, President Biden, and congratulations to all of us who made it to see President Biden. Uh, not all of us made it uh, these last four years. And, you know, I was thinking uh, during his speech, four years ago, I guess right before the 2016 election, I left a career of 10 years working in the comic book industry to work in politics. And it was something I always wanted to do. I, I, I had to take that, that chance and that risk uh, and that leap to something new. But it was huge, right? I'd worked in comics for 10 years and uh, you know, a couple of good books I worked on right above me in the middle. Um, I'd established a decent reputation for myself and I was leaving all that behind for a world I'd never worked in before uh, uh, and, and something brand new. And, you know, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump were about to meet for the presidency. And of course we all knew Hillary was gonna win. And I, I just thought to myself, what an exciting time to work in politics. What a, you know, how, you know, in a, uh, a week's time, we'll have a woman as president elect. And that didn't happen. Uh, but it turns out it was, in fact, an interesting time to work in politics. And the last four years, you know, by no means, my job, uh, there's far more important people to the fight to throw Donald Trump out of power. But a friend of mine once said, you know, kind of compared my job to, you're in one of the armies of the Battle of Gettysburg. You just, you know, you're towards the back, but you were there. Uh, the work we did did matter in these last four years and made a difference. And uh, I always think about the day after the inauguration in 2017, the day of the first Women's March, when uh, I had to work that day. Uh, and I, I always think I was working that day while my mother and father were protesting outside Trump Tower. My sister and my brother-in-law were protesting in Houston, Texas. Uh, you know, uh, I know Texas, we wanted to go blue soon, and certainly Houston is a little bluer than the rest of the state, but it's still Texas. And my wife, Amanda, uh, was down in Washington, D.C., protesting uh, in the largest protest uh, I think D.C.'s ever seen, certainly bigger than the inauguration the day before. And I thought about how much it mattered to them, and the work I did in the last four years, you know, uh, it was for them. It was for for four, for five people who I love, and uh, who had the courage to stand out, early, stand up early on. And I just wanted to to get to a place where they weren't so terrified and upset and ashamed of their president. And you know, I Joe Biden was not my first choice in the primary. I've always liked him. He wasn't my first choice, uh, but. It is incredible to have a president who does the job again, a president who takes it seriously. I mean, they didn't have a plan for the vaccine. Makes me mad thinking about it. But it is amazing what a weight it has been that has been lifted just by mere fact that we that, that that no longer is the nuclear football in the hand of someone who, you know, 
spent four years probably trying to figure out if he could launch a drone strike on Rosie O'Donnell. With that in mind, I actually need to be off this week. So in the spirit of unity, I'm going to turn moderating uh, duties over to our old pal, Robert George. Um, uh, you know, bringing people together, Biden asked for unity, could put Robert, put a Republican in charge. Uh, I'm sure he has strong opinions on the deficit all of a sudden. Uh, but before we get to that, we're going to have a quick visit with an old friend, Ned Thorne. Star wipe me to the first guest. X-Tree, X-Tree, read all about it. Read all about it. We're all oh. back to normal. Ah, oh, boy, boy. Talk about a good news week. Ladies and gentlemen, electoral dysfunction fan favorite. My very own therapist was asking when we'd see him again uh, just today. Newsboy Phil, hero of millions. Newsboy Phil, welcome back to electoral dysfunction. How are you feeling? Oh, I feel normal, and normal ain't bad. No. For me, normal's about going to sleep with heartburn, but the last four years has been going to sleep with heartburn with a side of swallowed corkscrew. Read all about it. You did. <laughs> we did, yep. Well, yeah, as you said, like, you know, this week, Joe Biden took office. Donald Trump got in his uh, helicopter and flew away. Uh, I believe he flew away on a plane while I did it my way was, was crooning in the background. And we haven't heard from him since. What do you think about that? What do you think? Like the world changed overnight. It's fine. You know, me being a hundred years old, I'm a fan or at least a student of the three act structure. And it feels at least like the second act interlude. You know, I don't think the monster's dead, but I think we're in a position of holding the gun inside the house. You know what I mean? I know what you're Read saying. Read all about yes. it. Just Read film for theory. <laughs> read film theory. Yes, first of all, read film theory if you have time. But uh, as a quick reminder, folks who might not be familiar with him, Newsboy Phil is, of course, a, uh, a 1920s newsboy who has been cursed to eternal life, uh, continuing to walk the streets of man, hawking the news and keeping us all informed. That's uh, right. And we got some headlines this week. All right, take it away. Sell some papers, my friend. All right. The inauguration was this week. And I have to admit, it doesn't feel different for a poor newsboy. All those coats on display made me jealous <laughs> for basic human warmth, you know? Sure, of course. Also coats. <laughs> yep. You know, and, and, and uh, coats. yeah. Oh boy, that Joe Biden, he's a fellow who likes Irish poetry. Who are you, my factory boss? Read all about it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yes, I can't wait for the 3 a.m. recitations of James Joyce. We're all in big trouble. Oh, that'd be great if he went on Twitter and just read Joyce at four in the morning on, on Saturdays. Oh, my god. But he wasn't the guy that made the headlines at the inauguration. It was uh, one Bernie Sanders. That's true. That's true. It's because he had the best coat. Yep. Stick some cats in there and you have what I like to call a moving sauna. <laughs> of course, yes, Bernie Sanders making some news for, uh, or making making waves on the internet, becoming memeable for his, uh, his uh, mittens knit by, I believe, a teacher up in the, the greater Vermont area and his, his big warm winter coat, which is the same coat he wore to, uh, to Donald Trump's inauguration. He wore it when he swore in New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio. That's his inaugural coat, I guess. Yeah, congratulations you know. on having a coat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe Fine. i'll put through universal coat care as part of his big uh next uh his next initiative 
know, uh, it was good enough for people to not make fun of Chuck Schumer for saying Trump gave people an erection. That's it. What, yeah, that's true. You don't watch C-SPAN? I did out see of, that. Out of, a, out of a storefront from, window? That's true. I Well, I do watch it, but not out of a storefront window. I forgot Chuck Schumer, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, now the leader of the United States Senate, uh, while invoking the insurrection that Donald Trump provoked at the Capitol, uh, accidentally uh, made a boner of his own <laughs> and said erection, uh, which I have to say, you know, Donald Trump uh, uh, never gave me an erection. Not once, Bill. What about you? Never. I don't even know what that is. I'm a boy. That's right. Good point. I, I know that he definitely did give erections to a bunch of boys who stormed the Capitol last week. Very but nice. Fortunately, I, uh, I wasn't sleeping anywhere nearby, so I couldn't be reached for comment. <laughs> Of course not. Oh, man. So what did you think of the first few days of the Biden administration? You know, a flurry of executive orders. They're getting COVID-19 vaccines, uh, uh, better distribution on vaccines across the country. Uh, what do you think? Do you think uh, better days ahead on the virus? Well, better days ahead, except he's doing that thing again where he's stopping old people from dying. <laughs> again. You ra you'd, yeah. rather more, uh, you'd rather more old people die? Well, I just like seeing them die because I wish I could. <laughs> That's true. It's <laughs> a good but point. But I will say, in one of his plans that was snuck past everybody else in the news because they're too busy worrying about the Air Force One paint job, he did put something up about homeless shelters and how FEMA can fund homeless shelters throughout September. I mean, up That's to right, September. Yeah. And it's, it can be anything. It can be anything. This is huge. Yeah. It's, as he has said in the past, a big fucking deal. Because yeah. many people are homeless. Let me tell you, it's crowded. It's hard to be a famous homeless person. <laughs> what, uh, what structure are you currently living in? And could FEMA reimburse you for it? I, uh, I'm sleeping underneath the pool table outside of the, inside the pool hall across from the Halloween adventure. You know, I'm eyeing that baby up. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, we'll get the we'll get the resale value on that and get it out to FEMA. Uh, what else? Uh, what else? What else in the news this week really piqued your interest, Phil? You're a guy on the street. You know what people are talking about. You know what 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 the story is. What else you got? What happened this week that you want to take a few swings at? Well, no one's talking about this, but it happened. Rats. Rats yep. took over Chipotle in Washington Heights. Living really? better than me. Eating better than me, as always. Wow, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wish I could scurry through pipes too. I wish I could because, you know, until this winter, the pandemic ends, I'm still waiting to sneak inside of that, that night armor inside of the Halloween adventure, you know? Sure. Good insulation. It may not be metal, but it's good enough for me. <laughs> right, that's a good point. Also, uh, Trump pardoned a bunch of people. I know they were hoping to be the Capitol rioters. I know they were hoping to be pardoned, but he pardoned Democrats, mostly for That's just true. being bad with taxes, which I guess, you know, I guess there's your answer. He does have empathy. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, uh, the, the guy has a heart. He pardoned, uh, he pardoned Steve Bannon uh, on the way out the door, pardoned Judge Janine's husband, I guess like an hour before he got in the helicopter to get out of Dodge. Uh, you know, didn't pardon any of his kids, though, despite people expecting he'd pardon his kids or try to pardon himself. Neither of that happened. I feel like he would be the first person to throw them to the wolves if anybody came knocking, though, so I'm not really surprised. 
Good you got to have him fresh and able to be prosecuted in order for him to escape. Yeah. That's the whole, that's, that's his whole point. motto. But I got to say, listen, listen, pal. Listen, Orange Dynamo. I know they're Democrats, <laughs> but I'm a Democrat too. Half these people cheated on their taxes. I stole one pie at Mayor LaGuardia's <laughs> house. And now I'm cursed to live to walk this earth. Pardon yeah. me. Yeah, I think if I recall correctly, that pie was just sitting out on the front porch of Gracie Mansion and just like the fumes came in and just picked you up by the nose. Well, Newsboy Phil, it's good to see you. It's good to see you back to normal in a, in a new world. Uh, and, uh, you know, before, before we take off, any parting, uh, parting words for the people? That's it. You know, it's, it was a time to scream and it's still a time to scream, but now try and make people smile because, you know, maybe we need more smiles than... Uh, you know, the, 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 that kind of that the smile when you want things to go well. Hey, things are sure. going okay. And the maybe white smile. if you get a vaccine, hug some folks. I don't know if it works. That's it. Hug some folks if you can. Bye. Hug some folks if you can, says Newsboy Phil. Ned Thorne, star white bus to Robert George in the panel. And we'll go. Uh, well, thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. Uh, that's right, folks. Uh, welcome to electoral dysfunction. And uh, yes, it's uh, it's uh, it's Robert George uh, filling in for for Tom Brennan because, like electoral dysfunction, we believe in the uh, peaceful transfer of power, just like the uh, just like the rest of the just like the rest of the country. Uh, and uh, I didn't have to go over to uh, Tom's place and ransack his place to uh, let me uh, let me take it over. He just ha handed handed me the keys freely. Uh, We've got um, a we've got a great a fantastic. In fact, I'm, I'm tempted to call it an all-star group um, to, uh, to, uh, to to talk uh, to, to talk to talk us through um, this um, uh, this week. Uh, and this is the this is the first week. This is the first week in four years where uh, a host, even the fill-in host of electoral dysfunction, can say the president of the United States is not. Donald John Trump, um, but it's a it's it is somebody with the name of Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. Uh, so I had to kind of get that out of the way. But first, let me introduce this fantastic um, group right here. Uh, starting starting up um, uh, and not in order of not in order of importance at all. Uh, let's 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 let, let's uh, uh, let's roll the dice and just go by in alphabetical order. Um, we've got um, we've got uh, Hannibal, who is everybody's favorite deacon, veteran, and uh, comedian. Um, Hannah, thank you for uh, Thank you for thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here, Robert, for your for this peaceful transfer of power, and I look forward to four more years of of Robert as let that be um, between the two of us. Um, and we've got uh, speaking of speaking of veterans, um, Alana Duffy, a uh, great Army vet. And the the founder of the uh, of the AI startup uh, Pathfinder Labs. Um, so basically, she is um, running a startup which will eventually put all of us out of work. Uh, so, Elana, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
for right. now until the robots replace us. <laughs> until the robots replace us, exactly. <laughs> and uh, Mr. James Heskey, who is a sports and podcast headline writer um, for um, The Onion and arguably the most uh, dangerous and outrageous um, person that we ever have on our panel. So James, <laughs> thank you for Considering there are two veterans on this show, uh, that is uh, you, not true. I think uh, the, the two veterans could absolutely kick my ass. So uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I have weak shoulders and can be taken down very easily. But on the other hand, um, you, 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 James, aren't you? Are, are you are you are you in Philadelphia? Or are you? Are you where, I'm in New York. You are up in New York. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah. I, think, I think of you in Philadelphia for some reason. Anyway, thank uh, you. I think. Exactly. And, uh, <laughs> because I'm just an angry white guy. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's basically it. But, but, okay, got it. Your words, sir. Your words. <laughs> and uh, and finally, uh, our uh, last but not least, uh, Mr. Uh, Oliver Willis, who is um, beaming in from Florida. Uh, um, um, Oliver is a writer with the um, with the American Independent, and the, speaking of veterans, a longtime veteran of the. Uh, <laughs> of the blogging of the blogging years which i'm being told there's like a comeback for them now so uh, who knows uh, we'll, we'll, yeah. but, I, but i have to say I, you know as someone with the last name w and someone says we're going to go in alphabetical order that's very triggering to me <laughs> I, I have a lifetime of always coming in like you know unless there's a xyz i'm always the last guy whenever you go alphabetical <laughs> and, and oliver um, um as someone who's known you since like the mid 2000s back when we were both doing the blogging blogging thing i know how much just the the letter w is kind of trigger triggering right, for you exactly <laughs> it, it, that, that happened this week that actually happened this week to me so yeah <laughs> there you go and um and oliver also brought in a sidekick um uh, Kal-El, so uh, so that, so that's a so, so that's a good thing. Um, Kal-El may be contributing a little bit later on. So, <laughs> folks, uh, again, once again, um, we are in the uh, in the first uh, three or four days of the Biden um, administration, and uh, so let's just kind of let's just kind of we, we're still getting it, we're still having some of the warm and the warm and fuzzies um that may be fading it w w pretty soon when like political reality kicks in but um um you know what what are you know what are the thoughts of you know from the from from inaugura inauguration day uh you know the first couple of days where, where we've got um i don't know we're up to like 165 175 executive orders and stuff like that so uh so um how do we think? Um, how, how, how do we think our um, our fine um, uh, the 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 new president is doing so far? Great. Oh. I want to say I'll go with I'll go first. I'll say great. Uh, it's actually they've hit the ground running, and like they actually have gone through with it, which is one of the things you worry about, especially with Biden, because you know he's he's Mr. I love to slap the other guys on the back and let's all get along. And I mean, he's made a lot of overtures towards that, but at the same time, he's doing a lot of things that are making Republicans upset, which is making me happy. <laughs> like, like that's my barometer. It's not necessarily that, you know, yeah, it's great that he's doing great things, but the more I hear the Republicans scream about the things that he's doing, that's like my validation that like, oh, maybe they actually are good things. The more I hear, you know, Mitch McConnell and the Republicans, it's like everything is resetting. Talking about deficits again, you know, it's like a reboot. 
Well, um, as as uh, now I'm the moderator here, so I'm going to be kind of trying to hold it back in some of my opinions as I don't normally would. But um, I'm the I'm the closest thing that electoral dysfunction gets to having a Republican on. So uh, I I will make that I will make that quick um, make that quick observation that um, uh, th th there's nothing quite like um, a Democratic president to make Republicans act like Republicans again. So, you know, this is, so you, I, I'm almost feeling, um, uh, uh, I'm almost feeling more comfortable with, with, with myself. So this is kind of an interesting thing. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Um, so, um, um, uh, um, uh, Hannah, what are you, you know, what are your thoughts? Uh, thank you. Um, I'm feeling something that I haven't felt in four years, uh, hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's wonderful to have um, a commander-in-chief who is, for me, and I'm not, this is going to sound like a joke, but I'm not joking, like coherent. I watched most of the, of his speech about action, about unity, um, and that made me feel very hopeful. And among the um, executive orders that I uh, read about that I that I'm that give me hope are getting back into the Paris Climate Accord, um, immigration travel bans being lifted, um, just restoring um, restoring uh, the the focus from exclusion and like dominance and this is how it's gonna be to like the environment matters and human beings matter. And I especially loved uh, Biden's words around unity because just because Biden's president and these executive orders are, are moving, it doesn't undo everything we saw on January 6th. Like we have a tremendous amount of work to do as a, a country uh, to somehow reconcile. So it's just like, I have hope, but there's also a tremendous amount of work to be done. Fair enough. Um, and I'll also, uh, I'll, I'll also add on that. Um, it's uh, kind of interesting seeing a, uh, a new president um, inaugurated on, on Wednesday. And uh, the domestic chaos that's actually going on is, is actually happening in Russia. Uh, as a matter, as we found out this weekend, as opposed to actually happening here, so that's a, that's kind of, that's kind of a change. It's it, it's it's almost as it's almost as if you know uh, I, I don't know uh, uh, Vladimir Putin is um, is like losing control in both of his countries, uh, or, or both of the countries he's ruled over for the last four years. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, Alana, uh, what are, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, just bringing up the Paris Climate Accord and, and um, Senator Cruz saying, oh, this shows that, you know, we care more about the citizens of Paris than we can. Oh, so I, I, all, that occur, all that really occurs to me on that front is, oh, so now we're back to this, like we'll just pick apart anything that they say. And you know, it's it's a case of saying, "Hey, um, Senator Cruz, you know what? You know that the Paris Climate Accord is just where it was 
signed. It's like most of the other accords, you know, that end wars and stuff like that. But you know, it's it's cool. You you're you're just you know trying to run the country, but you you might want to look that up every now and then. Um, so uh, in terms of there being a lot of work to do, I think that there's going to be a significant amount of work, and I don't know how ingrained some of these folks are that are just so opposed to having a President Biden that they are now nitpicking over the name of where a climate accord is signed. And so that still makes me a bit nervous, but overall it feels better. And like, if the Republicans were still the Republican party, I would be closer to a Republican on certain views. Um, so, so you're not entirely alone. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty moderate, but. Uh, I, I do have to admit one thing that, uh, and I, I can't take credit for for this observation, but somebody said that 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 the Republicans, uh, not all of them, but the Republicans seem to have lost their fastball, and Ted Cruz is a good example of that because he, I think the line he used was, "Well, uh, this goes to show that um, uh, that Joe Biden is more interested in the people of Paris that, um, than the people of Pittsburgh," and somebody said. Um, he said, Ted, you know, you could have just said um, he's more interested in the people of Paris, France than the people of like Paris, Texas. It's right there. It's right there. And, you know, it's like, I mean, and, and I've, I've, I've known, I, I first met Ted Cruz um, about 20 years ago. Um, like um, I was at this, um, this political junket in um, Phoenix, Arizona for um, uh, for it was like a New Year's. It, it was it was like the conservative. It was like the conservative ver version of um, of, uh, of that thing that the the, the, the liberal liberals do down in South Carolina over New over New New Year. Oh, Renaissance Weekend, right? Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dark, dark Ages weekend, and and I and I met this you know this this up and coming young lawyer named Ted Cruz back 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 then, and uh, let's just say um, he was slightly he was slightly different he was slightly different then, but that was gonna that's that's one of those things where you know um, what goes on in Phoenix over over New Year's stays in the state stays in Phoenix. Thank Anyway, anyway, uh, James James Heskey, um, yes. your 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 thoughts on inauguration and the the, the first few days? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go last. I get it, white guys. We had four years, and it's yeah. it's our turn to just you know <laughs> settle four down years, a little bit. Four years, four, four years, and four hundred years. Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so there you go. So there you go. <laughs> no, I, uh, uh, to 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 piggyback on what um, Alana was saying, I think that it's. Imp it, um, one thing that Ted Cruz knows about uh, the fact that what the Paris uh, Climate Accord, what that means, he also just knows that his constituents don't know. So he's, I mean, he's he's just full of shit. Like he just, he has no idea. And as somebody from Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh mayor is one of the uh, 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 guys who signed on early to uh, 
agree to still follow the Paris Climate Accord uh, within the city and just, you know, uh, as soon as Trump backed out. So uh, uh, shout out to Bill Peduto, who's a who's a fantastic uh, uh, mayor of my hometown. So, um, yeah, Ted Cruz uh, absolutely sucks. And he, uh, he he looks like, you know, you know, in like movies where uh, like or shows where like vampires are a thing he looks like a senator from one of those movies where he's like a, a a vampire who became a senator he's not not really i don't even think he's a human being at this point but he's yeah he sucks i i think it's we're ne we're never gonna be able to overcome right now the fact that the republicans are all in on this push of we're not going to try to have good faith arguments it's everything is going to be horseshit so we might as well just, from the Democrats' point of view, do exactly what we're doing right now, which is just push forward good policy. And uh, uh, some of the things I really like Biden doing was, uh, among the, the things that people have said already, he's also pushing forth uh, more food aid and things to really help poor people, which are also going to help lots of Trump supporters and lots of Republicans. It's it's just good policy. And I think if you want to talk about how you win people over, you're not going to win over most of these people. But if there are some persuadable people and the way you do that is you're not going to win them over with facts. You're going to win them over with half decent policy of just helping them. And they're going to say, oh, when those guys were in, I actually had food in my in my pantry and I had a job and I had to, oh, that was that was better. I liked that. And you could win over that two or three percent that helped keep you in office, and that's, to me, that's the best idea. Well, well, one of the things, well, one of the things that uh, um, uh, among amongst the multitude of um, executive orders that um, that Biden passed uh, was uh, signed, I should say, not passed, signed. Um, was uh, the overturning of the uh, of the Keystone of the Keystone Pipeline. Which um, a number well, well, well the thing is though um, from the Republican from the Republican perspective um, th th that's uh, that's something that's going to that's going to undermine undermine jobs. Now I realize they're both um, they're they're environmental and Native American uh, concerns um, about the Keystone Pipeline, but from 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 a from, from a job perspective, that's that that's something obviously that Republicans are zeroing in on as as trying to paint uh, as as trying to paint Biden as being anti um, anti jobs. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna they would find something. They would all always find something you're never going to be perfect so like there's no reason to try to play that game it is a fool's errand to play that game do the right thing and just just overall have good policy the idea of trying to play perfect for these guys is it is a, it's a, it's never going to work so well, i say just keep doing the right thing is yeah, is I mean, getting it, is time. is getting rid of that is getting rid of the pipeline um 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 a a a, a good thing for me, I, I was raised in North Dakota, so I have, um, yeah, I have, I, many of the people I was raised with are for it, for the job aspect, and that's a temporary phase. Once it's built, then, then it, the environmental repercussions are greater than any temporary job situation from my perspective, and you can't drink money. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's, a, that's a that's a pretty profound statement. I guess you I guess you can't. Uh, I, I guess you uh, yeah, liquid gold. No, I guess uh, that's something different. No, I guess no, I, I guess you can't drink money. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, do, uh, do, um, Oliver, I thought I think you I thought you wanted to. I, I saw you wanting to jump in on yeah, well, the I job question too. It just, you know, sort of with the pipeline and with the food aid and with everything else, it just sort of shows, I think, at least for now, that Biden is learning the lesson that we learned from Obama, which is if you meet them halfway, they're still going to punch you in the face, right? And, and, and Trump was a big punch in the face overall to the Obama, you know, years, was like, was a total F you to the Obama years. And even with Obama himself, it was always, well, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. And Obama always tried to meet them halfway. And I mean, Biden's inclination, we all know this, this is something as liberals, I think we worry about is that Biden wants to meet them halfway, because that's just, that's just how he is. That, that's his mode. And that's what, you know, that kind of language helped him win as well. But in practical, everyday, you know, actions, like, I, I have this feeling that if he sticks to it, and if congressional Democrats stick to it, which is a lot of ifs, but if they all stick to it, they're going to learn that, like, this whole conservative idea that America really wants to tighten its belt and reduce the deficit is going to evaporate when they get jobs, when they get food. They're going to say, hey, I like these things. Like, that's a very bipartisan. Eat, eating and drinking and not having a virus is super bipartisan. Well, <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's also the case that the deficit jumped under a Republican uh, more so than it jumped under any of the Democrats in recent history. And, um, and it wasn't just the pandemic that caused it to jump. It was, uh, the tax, it was the tax cut without proper guardrails on the side. It was just really piss poor planning, um, that, that caused such a deficit problem. And that was under the Republican president. And I honestly believe that the Biden administration, yes, they have to do things now to make up for the lack of a coordinated pandemic response in the last year. But once that's done, there are, I, I, I have a feeling that he is going, that he and even a Democratic uh, Congress are going to still be able to reduce the deficit over time, even with benefits offered to more people, because ultimately that does end up contributing back as long as you reimpose certain uh, tax initiatives and, and other initiatives that have been in place for decades coming from Republicans just in, you know, the 30s and 40s. Um, but that's one of the my thought on it is, is I, I think that both sides believe in reducing the deficit, but that's also one of the ways that I very much lean towards the Republican side of the House anyway. No, 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 no. That's that's absolutely um, cor correct. I mean, um, one of the things, one of the th this this often this happens um, every every few cycles where re Republicans become Republicans 
when the Demo when there's a Democrat uh, when there's a Democrat in the White House. That's when they start when they start. Oh, um, you know, deficits and the debt and how dare we leave this burden? How dare we leave this burden uh, to the next you know to the next generation? Um, but they then uh, they they do a tax cut without. Um, any kind of a c compensatory um, spending um, spending cut, or the only time the only kind of spending cuts that they impose are on the social side, as opposed to say uh, defense or coming up with like a truly a truly bipartisan um, entitlement uh, kind of kind of control kind of control mechanism. And uh, the, the interesting thing the interesting thing about Donald Trump. Uh, among, you know, going back to Bush and Reagan and things like that, Donald Trump um, didn't even try to be a hypocrite on the spending side. He didn't really, he didn't care. He didn't care about that. Uh, and he made it. He made a point about that when he was running in 2016. He said, "I don't really, I don't care too much." He said, "I mean, he, he made, he made, you know, stupid." Promises like, oh, you know, I'll reduce the deficit within eight years or some such silliness. Nobody, he didn't take that seriously. Nobody. So he still has four <laughs> years to get it sorted out. <laughs> <laughs> and and of course, and then of course, then then and then the pandemic, then the pandemic hit. Uh, but even before even before the pandemic hit, uh, uh, we were uh, he'd already added about a trillion uh, a, a trillion a trillion in debt as well already. Now. Um, I think you proved that voters don't care about that, right? Like we, we we've suspected for a long time that voters don't actually care about it. And Trump, Dick Cheney, Dick, Dick Cheney, Dick, Dick yeah. Cheney said that back in um, two thousand two or two thousand three. He said that that uh, that that the voters that the, the voters voters don't care voters don't care about uh, about deficits. And uh, uh, so that is something that. Um, that 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 is something that Biden um, can try and take can try and um, take advantage of um, whenever he gets around to, when he gets around to um, crafting his, um, his 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 budget resolution because uh, as Republicans showed in 2017 you can get through you you could push through a lot of policy options. Um, using what they call the what they call budget reconciliation, um, which uh, is you, you can you can craft what your tax policy and your spending policy is um, for the next several years, and you don't have to worry about um, uh, breaking breaking the filibuster because it's something that can um, it, it's something that can be passed with just a, with a simple majority, which leads me to. The, the the next the next question um, right now the Senate is at something of a standstill even though the Democrats have a technical majority because they've got 50 senators um, plus um, vice president uh, Kamala Harris as uh, as a, as a as a tiebreaker however because the Senate is uh, is kind of an insane kind of an, an institution, the current rules that they're working under are carried over from the last Congress, and the 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 this the, the two sides have to um, debate what what the rules of the road are um, going are, are going forward. Mitch McConnell, who is about as tough a negotiator um, as one can as one can find in these in, in these kind of situations, says. 
that the uh, Republicans are, you know, not going to give up their, not going to give up their advantage until the Democrats promise uh, not to blow up the filibuster if either this year or next year, you know, while while they still have them, while they still have the majority. So the question, you know, so the, the so the question is, do the the Democrats still continue to? Go back and forth, and this realizing that they that, that um, their power to completely set the agenda is um, is held back until these rules are set out, or do they just do they do they just blow it up? Um, um, do they just blow it up ahead of time? Um, Oliver, I will let you go into this because I, I, I uh, having read your stuff for several years, I know you have thoughts. Well, I mean, I think the thing is, I I wish they would blow it up. I wish they would just, you know, hit the accelerator and go for it. And, you know, Thelma and Louise grab the two hands and just go over the cliff. But the problem is, I don't like the Senate, personally. I think the Senate is, should be abolished. I, that's where I support the Star Wars rule, where the Senate should just be completely removed and, and you know, sent out into the galaxy. And I don't really think it's going to happen. That's the problem. Like, I, I don't trust the Senate to jettison the rules. They're really tied into the, you know, the old ways of doing things. Senators are not, you know, other than Bernie Sanders, most senators are super cautious. Even the liberal ones are super cautious. And then, you know, the, the, the practical matter is right now the Senate is about pleasing Joe Manchin. Like, this, like Joe Manchin is the king of the Senate. And, and, he is not someone who I see, you know, unless we're going to build a trillion dollars worth of highway in West Virginia, which is possible. I don't see Joe Manchin. Do <laughs> yeah, do it, you know. I'm, they, they actually would benefit from it. I, I'm, I'm, it provide lots of jobs for West Virginia. That might be the way, you know, to do it. But otherwise, like, I don't see Joe Manchin being a Bernie Sanders radical and, you know, putting on his, his you know, bandana and saying, let's go for it, guys. Let's jump over the cliff. <laughs> But you know, one can still dream. Like I, you know, anything's possible. Well, well, one of one of the um, uh, the arguments in favor of the filibuster, which it should be pointed out, um, kids at home, the the film the filibuster is not um, in the Constitution. Uh, it's uh, it's something that has evolved over um, over 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 decades. Uh, it's it's not. It, it, uh, there's an argument coming from the left that uh, it, it, the filibuster was just was just created um, uh, for for the Jim Crow era. That's not quite true. Um, however, some of its uh, greatest power um, was exercised uh, in, in in Jim Crow. People like um, uh, uh, Strom Thurmond, um, Robert Byrd, uh, they. Uh, they use the filibuster uh, to uh, uh, to either quash civil rights legislation or um, or hold it or hold it or hold it back a lot. Uh, it's the 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 number of votes to to filibuster has shrunk over the years from 67 to 66 to um, to, to the to the current to the to the current 60, but. The, the tradition of the Senate as being the body that cools the legislative passions that are that have been ginned up and steamed up in the in the House um, is still is is still very is still very strong, 
and uh, it, it's um, it makes it difficult. It's I mean, Manchin's not the only one. I think there are some there are some other there are some other Democratic senators who are very nervous about whether the, the filibuster uh, should 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 con should should continue. So, so the question is, you know. What do the you know what do the Democrats do? Is there a way to you know to 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 get what they you know to get what they want without um, without blowing up the um, without blowing up the system? Um, I have I I support the notion of needing to recruit bipartisan support because I feel like that's how you get a better bill. Um, I, I think that if they are able to do things like uh, do more one, uh, there's there's a real word for it, and I can't think of what it is right now. The the where it's um, a clean bill, so that it's no pork, no extra stuff for Alaska or Wyoming, just so you can get, uh, you know, a transportation uh, on Route 66 done or something like that, I, I strongly believe that we need more clean bills, more, uh, and because those have more bipartisan support. So if you are starting to look for stuff that's, that is actually rational, and then you are incorporating the only things that should be attached to these bills are things that are directly related. So, you know, in order to pay for this, we will enact this. So this other, th this is where the money is coming from. And then you don't have to worry as much about the filibuster because you can actually get 60 votes on something that is rational and good for the entire country and what you're really supposed to be doing as a federal body as opposed to like a, a state appeal for more cash or for more or for whatever else and uh that's that's just been my observation is is we've got too much pork attached to things and if we didn't Perhaps we wouldn't have so many problems getting the votes. Well, well we except except though the, the the counter the, the counter argument though on that Alana is that um, sometimes you'll have a, um, a a a a big bill, and when I say big bill, I mean it, it may be a, a a specific issue, but it is still kind of a a big bill, and uh, often the uh, the pork is added onto that. Um, to 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 bring on a vote of, of of an otherwise skeptical of an otherwise skeptical senator, and uh, so then the so then so then you you try to break the, down the the number of the filibuster by using the pork to to to, to, to so it. it Oh, you know, Senator Manchin, you need uh, that extra road in West West Virginia, or um, you know, you know, Senator Blunt in Missouri, you need something, you need this bridge over there. I know you're not thrilled with this health care bill, but if you sign on to it, you know, we'll take care. You know, we'll take. So that is often that, that, that that's the that's the counter argument on um, on 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 that. Also, also, just Republican again. I'll just say Republicans do not argue in good faith 
99% of the time. So this idea that we're, that, that you can like, well, we'll, we'll just uh, have a nice bipartisan talk with them. It's like, it just doesn't work with them. So, um, you know, they, this is, they can't, they're beholden to their base right now. If look, if, if their base was, was you, Alana, then I think that that's, that would be something that would be very possible, but that's not who they're talking to. They're not, they're, they're talking to people who, um, who, you know, either want to storm the Capitol or uh, think it was, you know, like kind of a decent idea. And that, you know, that's, that is kind of their, their message right now. And it's, um, I think that the, you know, the, I'm glad Schumer, is for now at least standing up to McConnell and saying that he's not going to um, agree to this because, to be honest, even if he agrees to what McConnell wants, it's not like McConnell's just going to like go away. Like, all right, thank you. Now we'll now we're good, and now I'll play fair. McConnell doesn't do that. It's you got to just you have to just immediately right now kick him in the teeth. I mean, <laughs> this is the best time to kick him in the teeth. McConnell doesn't play fair. He sucks. He's not a good person. Um, there is no reason to treat him with respect or do anything that he wants. You need to just drown him. So go for it, is what I say. <laughs> well, I will say, I will Figured say, this. drown him. Figuratively drown him. I know there's been a lot of violence. I'm just, you know. Right. Um, I, I will, um, I, I will say this: the, the, um, uh, the, the, the filibuster. The power of the filibuster has been um, eroded over the last uh, decade or so, um, based on the uh, poli the political sensibilities of both of, of both sides. And we, we can, you know, uh, unfortunately, we're, we're not allowed to go for two or three hours. Otherwise, we could be going. We could we could uh, uh, look over the last couple of decades and show uh, the various battles that have caused the, the filibuster um, to, um, to to erode. But particularly within the last decade, uh, the, the, the filibuster's power was voted down uh, to remove uh, the, the, the ability to filibuster um, uh, appointments, um, judicial appointments, and then finally even Supreme Court, uh, Supreme Court appointments. So this really is the, the last aspect of the filibuster is going to is, is on um, uh, is, is on is on policy is on policy issues and uh, th there is an argument uh, you know going back to going back to uh, the, the, the 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 senior senator from West Virginia there is an argument that uh, his power would actually be enhanced if the filibuster was um, was removed, um, because suddenly he becomes uh, the all important fifty first vote on on every on, on on every issue, you know, as opposed to being just one more um, vote get, getting us to you know getting us get, get, getting us to sixty. So it's it, 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 and there's, there's another point, and I, again, I wish I could take credit for this, is that. Uh, Something that, that something that Republicans proved over the last four years, with the exception of with the exception of tax cuts, um, there really is no consensus on, on what Republicans stand for, for on a policy perspective. Um, uh, they definitely want judges, and they were willing to um, get rid of the filibuster uh, to get Supreme Court justices through. Uh, 
uh, Democrats have a policy agenda. And the question is, you know, are, are, they, are, are Democrats as committed to getting their policy agenda through as much as Republicans were committed to getting their judges through? And then that, that, that's ultimately going to be um, uh, the, 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 the answer to that question is ultimately what's going to uh, will resolve the question as to whether the filibuster ends up surviving um, uh, the, next, um, uh, the next four years or so. Uh, I think it's. I actually think it's disgusting that uh, we got rid of uh, the filibuster for things like Supreme Court justices. For li any any lifetime appointment, should have bipartisan support. Um, you know, like cabinet appointments, whatever. Make those. Make, those can be party because I mean that's really who's. I mean, if if that party is in power, then that party should be able to put in their own. You know. Secretary of Defense, although I, I like Austin, so, um, but uh, it's it's disgusting that we have now lifetime appointments that got, uh, you know, 51 or 53 votes all from one party, and now they're sitting there on, on the bench making decisions for the rest of our lives and but again you know the, the precedent the, the the precedent for that was when um the, the 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 judicial filibuster was killed for lower court appointments um under um uh, under obama and you know harry Reed. republicans were holding everything up in an unprecedented way i mean like this isn't again it's republicans have have net have uh, with your old buddy newt gingrich starting this have in have acted in in bad faith for the last 30 years and it's the idea that like that we're just like now democrats have to have to behave have to be the adults in the room the way you 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 act as an adult right now is you say no we're going to pass good policy and if we have to change that rule that you've already changed we'll change it to help you know we're gonna we're not gonna play at a disadvantage just you know because that's how you want us to play that's just it's not it, it's not gonna be uh, it's not what people voted for it is not the thing that um I think uh, most people want at this point anymore. I think people want half decent policy in there and half decent policy to be made. And the only way to do that is to kill the filibuster. Uh, uh, Hannah, I did, we didn't want to, um, you know, we didn't want to filibuster you out of the conversation. So if you've got a- <laughs> I missed that episode of Schoolhouse Rock, you guys, on the filibuster. <laughs> See, I just, think of, I just think of Patton Oswalt uh, in, Parks and Rec uh, standing up and doing his like cross genre uh, filibuster at the town at the city council meeting. So so I'm with you with Schoolhouse Rock over here. That's there, right. There, there you go. There you go. That's for me, it like stop. I'm going to say it. Stop fucking around. People need sound policy. People are still dying of a deadly virus. Stop fucking around and govern. We need leadership, like the, de the deprivation of sound leadership through so many crises. Lead, lead. If you're a leader on any level of government, lead. Yeah, and you know, and honestly, the thing is, if, if the Democrats go too far by changing the rules, we've got elections. Uh, like, I feel like that's the great corrective in all of this. Like, if, 
if we, you know, our, my side of the aisle goes too far, and if the people say you're doing too much, you're you've gone crazy with judges and regulations and this and that, like, you know, just I, I like the sort of British system where one party's in control, you get to do, you know, push through your agenda, and then you have a referendum, and the people say either say, hey, you're doing a great job, let's keep doing it, or they go. You guys done screwed up and we're going to go with the other guys. And Republicans can make that case, you know, and, and maybe this will encourage Republicans to be more pro-election because then they'll say, see, we need people, more, we need more participation because the Democrats have gone nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, on, on, a, on, a related, on a related note, uh, uh, one thing that, the Demo that, that, that Republicans pushed and Democrats acceded to over the last uh, couple of um, um, over the over the last few days, um, was um, uh, pushing back uh, the timeline on the on impeach on impeachment, and so right so the the, uh, the House will deliver the uh, the impeachment the impeachment papers to the Senate um, on Monday, I believe, and, but um, it will it, the, the 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 trial the trial won't won't, won't occur won't occur to uh, until uh, February February eighth. Now there are uh, two ways of there are two ways of looking at the two ways of looking at this um, by pushing it back to two weeks. It it allows the Senate to um, to uh, to confirm, if not all, um, a whole lot of of Biden's of Biden's cabinet, and maybe actually to start um, lo looking at some of the legislative items um, like, like uh, uh, coronavirus relief and so forth. Um, the other the other thought, though, is by pushing it pushing it to um, two weeks away, uh, it allows Republicans to forget. At oh yes. Um, there were people storming the Capitol, and it looked like the President of the United States was inciting them to do it. So, um, what are your thoughts? Is it was it smarter to hold back on on impeachment, or you know, or uh, should uh, should they have just um, just bitten the bullet and um, gotten to it right away? I flipped on this because I I initially thought they should go quickly. Um, I think there was a period where, like, you know, if you can do it in like a week, do it. But um, I've flipped and, and I now sort of it more in line with what we've been talking about, what Hannah was just saying. You, you got to at this point, the thing people need is they need help. They need, we need to we need to pass policy. And, and and I think in the spirit of what one of the things that I think Biden is doing best is not naming Trump and not giving him. He's sort of mentioned like, look, all that all that stuff that happened with Trump. Um, it happened, but you know, and we're not ignoring it. But we're also—it's like I'm not even going to speak his name because we're going to do—we're just going to do things differently now. What happened and to what happened to what happened to President Voldemort anyway? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's like, look, we're doing things differently now, and I'm going to, including, I'm going to work to try to get you the help that you need. And I think that um, uh, I one of the things I hate most about the people on 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 my side is how much 
we uh, sometimes get focused on like, we got to tear down Trump. And it's like, no, we got to help people. Like, that's what we have to do. <laughs> we don't have to tear down Trump. I will. I am 100% okay with Trump and everybody else going scot-free if we actually pass good policy in exchange. I will take that trade 100 times out of 100, 100 times out of 100. If those are the options, I mean, okay with it. Maybe that's a strong, that's, that's not right. But I will, if that's, if those are the choices I have to make, which one do I have to do? I will take good policy and what we have to pass, getting the help versus focusing on Trump. I don't. I don't want to think about Trump anymore. I, I think that's that. They don't have I think. I, I think you. I think there was some disagreement from the from the uh, from the choir on that. Uh, Alana, did you have something you want? Oh, oh I'm yeah. sorry. I'm yeah, so, uh, just you, having having worked in in counterterrorism operations for as long as I did, uh, you can't let this go unanswered. Um, oh, yeah, it's not going on. Yeah, well, but uh, I, I think it needs to be publicly addressed because otherwise you are only uh, encouraging and emboldening the, uh, the people. I mean, granted, you're, you're serious, your Q crazies um, have now, are now feeling abandoned because, you know, nobody was executed on the day of the inauguration, but now it's, you know, the day executed. Day. Nobody was even arrested, Alana. Where were the arrests? Oh, oh. where were the arrests? We were so let down, but, um, you know, he just got on Marine One, like there was supposed to be a huge, like uprising fanfare and nothing so disappointing. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it's it's this case of like once that feeling of abandonment goes away, uh, they are if if nothing is shown to be evidence that this was a bad thing, all you're going to do is embolden him to come back, his his ardent supporters to start taking control and getting in political positions. You already have. Q, QAnon people in government positions, in elected positions in Congress, and that's terrifying. Yeah. And you need something to, you need to do something about it, and it has to be public. I actually strongly, I, the only reason why I agree on taking their time on the Senate, in the Senate, in terms of this, is because I believe that they need an actual trial and they need to present evidence, they need to show what was wrong, they need to do this, and they need to take the time to actually sit there and do it. I don't think it has anything to do with pushing through the policy. I think they're looking at doing it correctly with splitting time. The Senate should be able to do more than one thing at a time, which is crazy, but um, they should be able to do, like, you should be able to accomplish more than one thing a day, guys. The Senate has demonstrated that it can't even do one thing at a time, even considering even more than one thing at a time. But uh, uh, Hannah, you had you, you, you wanted to get in on this. Yeah. And to, in my true like uh, Midwesternness, um, <laughs> it, we, it doesn't have to be mutually beneficial. It's not an either or situation. People can get the policy they need and Trump can be held to justice. Like this is the direction we need to go. If there's one silver lining of uh, having a fucked up wrecking ball of a president, it's that now things are, we're, we're living in rubble right now. 
but that's okay because it's like, what's the new foundation and what's our direction and let's fucking do it. Like, I, I think at the order of things, people are still um, dying. People are going without food, going without work. So you address those, but you don't let a motherfucker like Trump out of your sights. And you, you definitely have to send a message, not only to him, but to anybody who's, who's getting it, getting down in that way. Right. Yeah. But I would, I would, my point was trying to be, I would focus more on like, I think the FBI is going after doing things. I'm more focused on like real, I'm not saying let Trump off the hook. I'm saying I like, I, I, I want more like action rather than like a ceremonial sort of like, ah, we got him, <laughs> like that sort of thing. Like that's, that, that was my major point. Hey, Oliver, before you, before you say anything, I just want to uh, th throw this uh, quick um, uh, point in. Uh, so the New York Times reported on Friday, fr Friday night that, uh, that, that, that Trump um, was trying to um, push out uh, the acting attorney general at DOJ, the person that, um, that uh, Bill Barr had left um, you know, to run the place when, when, um, when, when he quit, when he quit uh, just before Christmas. Uh, he, they tried to push him out uh, in favor of a Trump acolyte, uh, so the, the 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 Trump guy uh, could uh, try to uh, force uh, upon Georgia to uh, toss out their um, uh, their electoral their, their electoral votes and basically give the state over to uh, uh, hand over those electoral votes to, um, uh, to, uh, to Trump. As it happened, uh, the, um, the, professional, the professional class at DOJ said, if you try to do, if you try to do this, we're all, we're all quitting. And, and Trump, Trump ended up backing down. Now, this apparently was before his, uh, was before his uh, now notorious call to um, to Brad Raffensperger, uh, the Secretary of State, the uh, Secretary of State Georgia. So the question, the question I, the question I've got, um, uh, if if we wait two or three weeks, um, there's this, th there's going to be this kind of balance between um, Republicans who are recoiling against whatever's coming out of the Biden administration and feeling that if they uh, acquit, if they acquit Trump. That's a good way to, uh, you know, show their Republican bo um, bona fides um, because the base is getting even more uh, hostile towards Biden. Or over that next two or three weeks, we may this may just be the tip of the iceberg of what we find out of what Trump was up to in those in in, in his last in his last two months, which could add more. Um, evidence and ammunition um, to the case—the case for conviction. So, um, Oliver, I, I know I know you had some other thoughts, but I was just kind of wondering, in that context, you know, how do you think the politics of impeachment might be might end up playing out um, over the next couple of weeks? Well, the thing is, like, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in the Department of Justice actual crime sort of thing, just because history has shown us that most of these guys never truly get in trouble with it. You know, Richard Nixon, you know, Ronald Reagan, it just, it never seems to pan out. And I mean, and not even- the Nixon, Nixon did resign. Nixon did yeah, resign. But yeah, but I mean, I mean, legally, the legal part of it, right? Like he resigned- <laughs> Sorry, because... Oliver, they didn't execute Richard Nixon. I know that was, I know that you still are upset. Only, 
but I'm sorry, it didn't happen. No, but but if it, like so, I feel like the political side of it is actually very important. Not just it's symbolically important, but it's it's just important for the country. Where you know, if you go back to the Bush Bush to Obama transition, and I supported it at the time, and I think that was you know one of our collective mistakes was this idea of let's turn the page. You know, they they wrecked everything. Let's turn the page. Let's move on. And what we've seen over the last, you know, 12 years now is that that mindset allows a whole lot of really bad people and bad actors to kind of just get away with it. And I think if we have a Senate trial for Trump, even though he's not in office anymore, it creates a scarlet letter, if not for, you know, specifically the people that supported him for this mindset, it says this is not okay in America. What just happened in the last four years is not okay. And even if we can't really send you to jail for it, you know, that would be like the cherry on top. But otherwise, there is a, you know, a scarlet T on the, on the foreheads of everybody behind this from Mitch McConnell to, you know, even the, the new QAnon people. And going forward, we can say, hey, you, this is the red line. We impeach you for doing these kinds of things. And so if someone proposes the same kind of mindset, you know, four, eight, 12 years from now, we can say, that's what we impeached that last dude for. And, and maybe we can go to America and say, are you going to go with the impeachable stuff? Or are you going to go with, you know, normal conservatism, republicanism, and not this crazy stuff? And so like, that's the part of it that I like. And, and I, you know, this is, it's unusual that the Senate is actually doing something that I like, but you know, if they're delaying it a few weeks and we're still going to do it, I'm cool with that as long as we do it. Like if they move away from it, then I'll be in the streets, you know, Antifa rioting with my pitchfork. But otherwise, if they- As you were on January 6th, we know that you were in there. <laughs> we know you had that. We Look, know you had I, had, a, I had a selfie in the rotunda, right? And I and so the FBI is after me. But no, so th that's my point of view on it. Like go for it, delay it two weeks, three weeks, a month. Fine, as long as you do it. That's my thing. You got to do it. Okay. Well, that sounds good, and that's that actually sounds like a pretty good place um, for us to uh, for for us to uh, for us to stop. Uh, however, before we uh, before we completely finish up here, um, James Heskey, uh, where can uh, where can folks uh, find you um, online and in the uh, social media world? Uh, all my all my social media is just my name, just at James Heskey, H-E-S-K-Y, um, and uh, so you can find me there. And uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, I guess if we if we're still doing that, um, you know, <laughs> trying to, I I, I, I talk a big game, but uh, support all the places that are helping to bring down democracy. <laughs> Excellent, uh, Hannah. Sure, I'm kind of a bad millennial at this. You can only find me on Instagram at Unstoppable, and you'll catch me every once in a while in the old school sketch show community who does digital performances at the pit and through YouTube and Facebook. Okay, um, uh, Alana? Uh, you can find me at either Alana Duffy on Twitter, or you can find me at uh, Pathfinder Pathfinder Labs on like the Insta who's it's what's it's I'm also a terrible millennial um, but yeah um, so that's pretty much the 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 two mainstays of, of where I'm at <laughs> okay uh, uh, uh. Uh, okay millennial uh, Oliver uh, where, okay. where can well, folks find you 
for the for the non millennials, you know, for us old folks, uh, yeah. you know, right? In, I, I, in my defense, I'm actually not a millennial. So. <laughs> in my defense, I am. Gen X represent, but you know, you can find me on Twitter at Owillis, and that's where I do most of everything. It's at Owillis. If you don't like the politics, come for the puppy pics, you know. So. <laughs> There you go. That's fantastic. Uh, and for and me, um, uh, Robert George, you can find me uh, at Rob George on the Twitters. Uh, you can find me at Rob George 29 um, because I'm like in that Jack Benny Forever 29 kind of thing, you know, uh, on the on Instagram, uh, on Instagram. Um, you can also find me in my day job uh, at Bloomberg Opinion, which is uh, at, at B Opinion on um, on on Twitter. Uh, so that's it. Uh, that's it. That, um, thank you. Uh, thank you all. Uh, it's been great um, filling in for uh, the one, the, the, the one, the only, the, the man, the myth, the legend, um, Tom Brennan. Um, Robert George, I'm, I, I'm, I'm out of here and I'm now giving it back to the man himself. Back to you, Tom. Thank you very much, Robert. Wonderful conversation. That's it for this week's electoral dysfunction. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, before we get going, just want to say a quick thank you to newsboy Phil Casal for stopping by. Uh, and as always, thank you to Declan Chalvey and Jordi Belair for creating the Electoral Dysfunction Eagle Art. Thank you to Kevin Scott for doing our show animation, Joanne Harris for creating our show theme song. Uh, thank you to Ned Thorne and Amanda Nicastro who helped me uh, put this together every single week. And thank you to Robert George. Well done moderating. Ugh. Yeah, the unity. I'm feeling it. You all over the, just dripping with unity. Uh, and on that note, uh, playing us out this week's show. I'm very excited to have this gang with us again. Uh, they are the the femme foursome of pussy powered pop rock. Uh, uh, here with one of their great shows pre pandemic from a place I love, and I say my fond farewell, boot and saddle in Philadelphia. Uh, our old pals, girl poop, Ned Thorne. Star wipe us to girl poop. Wow. <laughs> you're so helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Because I got a dick. Oh, you're helpful because you have a dick? Well, get that dick inside me, you dirty son of a gun. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Shorter and shorter I tried to get myself together